I'm Lisa Furely, and welcome to Hustle and Thrive. My co-host, Yomi, and I are so very excited to kick off the first ever episode of Hustle and Thrive. On today's show, we dive into the specifics of building key collaborative relationships and strong creative teams, covering everything from giving feedback, building trust, and how the author-editor relationship can be a whole lot like dating. With no further ado, I'd love to introduce you to our guests. Auntie Donahue is a writer and person and author of Nobody Cares, a collection of essays. You can find her work over at The Globe and Mail, InStyle, Glamour, Domino, and wherever opinions are found. Jen Nock is a senior editor at ECW Press in Toronto, where she edits authors such as Neil Peart, Auntie Donahue, and Vivek Shraya. As Liv Spencer, she and Chrissy Calhoun are the co-authors of best-selling pop culture books for young people. And last but not least, Chrissy Calhoun has been a book editor for the past 15 years, now working as a freelancer after many years at ECW Press. She has written or co-written a dozen books on pop culture. And with that, enjoy the show. This episode contains some language which may be offensive to some listeners. Please be advised. All right. So thank you guys so much for joining us on our podcast. You guys are actually our first ever guests and we're really, really, really pumped um, to talk to you guys. So let's just jump right in. So my first question is for Anne. Um, you released a book called Nobody Cares, which is really awesome and people should buy it if they haven't already. Thank you. Love it. Agree completely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think there's like a common perception that writing a book, um, especially a book of essays, is really like a solitary pursuit. You know, you have a writer, they're like in a cabin somewhere on their own and they're writing your book. But can you talk a bit about why that's not necessarily the case and why you do, in fact, need other people on your team to help you put that together? A hundred percent. First and foremost, I went into this with that gross misconception and um, realized very quickly that if you are, you know, a person who writes for a living and you're used to writing alone, and then you submerge yourself in something else that takes even more aloneness, da, 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 um, you will go bananas. And then also, you need other people to look at your book and remind you that like, this first draft isn't amazing. And we need to like, go in more and you need to get more detail. Like, you need that objectivity. And then um, I would also recommend to that end, having that objectivity come from people who you like inherently trust and know aren't trying to fuck you. So like, um, that's, that's been my experience. Jen and Chrissy are two women that I love very much and can trust and know, um, they're not trying to fuck me. <laughs> In no not way yet. are we trying to fuck you. <laughs> Thank you for that. And can you, can you like unpack that a little bit? So, you know, like, why does that relationship with your editor matter on a personal level? Like, you know, I, I see it with myself as well. Like, it's always easier for me to get feedback from someone that I like and trust than it is from, like, you know, a complete stranger. Uh, but can you talk a bit about, like, what goes into it from your perspective in terms of building that trust? I mean, I was really fortunate, and this was a really rare case where uh, they came to me. They liked my work, so they approached my agent, and then we had a meeting. So right away, right off the bat, it felt very collaborative, and it felt very like we completely understand your voice and your work, and we would love to work with you to make that um, maybe less newslettery and a little more uh, essay-y in a book. And so like immediately I felt like I was in very good hands and I could trust these people to help me unpack things that were really personal and really difficult to sift through. And um, I think that's probably one of the most important things when it comes to writing personal essays, because you're putting a lot of yourself out there. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. And if you're starting to censor yourself or you're starting to um, you know, keep that armor up, 
because you don't trust the editors who are working with you, then you're not going to have something that's authentic and true to yourself. So um, in that way, Jen and Christy, right from the get-go, made it feel like, despite the fact that you write the bulk of it by yourself, there was a support system in place. And then that made sharing things a lot less scary. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm curious, um, Jen and Chrissy, from your perspective, do you have anything to add about that? Like, how do you guys approach this? Um, in terms of building that kind of that trust in the relationship, um, we were we were lucky with Anne, um, as she said, like we were already admirers of her and her work. And so we got to have an awesome meeting that like was basically like laughing and howling and like screaming and disrupting the whole office for two hours and banging on tables and all of the rest. Um, and so, after, and I remember like distinctly after turning to Chrissy and being like, that was really good, right? <laughs> she was like, yeah, that was really good. It was like after you have a good date. Um, so like that kind of initial like chemistry and understanding one another, like really puts you in a good place. Um, but that said, like, I think that the number one way you build trust is by your attention and care with the work itself. Um, I always say that after the author, no one is going to think more about the book than us. Like no one is going to care as much as we do after that person who makes it. Um, so by like giving it all of our creative energy and critical energy that we can, that usually will show an author that we really were all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, from my understanding, like it's not super common to have two editors sort of working on a book together. Can you guys talk a little bit about your own relationship? Sure. Um, it, is, it is pretty unusual to have this sort of like collaboration of two editors co-acquiring a book and working through the substantive edit process together, um, as well as like shepherding the rest of the process and being there for Anne in this kind of like team way. Um, I personally really, really love it. Um, Jen and I started, I guess our first collaboration was actually writing together, not editing together. Is that right, Jen? Yeah. I think so. Uh, I think so. Um, so we were basically co-authoring books um, and having to write in one voice, which I think actually helps a lot in how we edit. Because one thing that wouldn't work in terms of this kind of like t- dual editor situation is if Jen had one strong opinion, I had a different strong opinion. We threw them both at, at Anne or whoever the author in question would be. Um, so sort of like having this this ability to like work through ideas, talk through um, approaches and sort of tag team, like who's best to handle particular aspects. Like with Anne's book, there's an essay that has a lot to do with like growing up Catholic. And I was raised an atheist. Jen was raised a Catholic. Like she knows shit that I do not know. And it just very naturally was like, you take lead on that and I'll tag in later. I don't, I, anyway, so I, I personally really like that sort of like, like the, the more cooks in this kitchen in this, in this case, I think makes the book better and makes it more fun. <laughs> also, like essentially we're editing each other's edits a little bit. Like um, that, what Chrissy says about bouncing ideas off each other, like it's another recognition that like having somebody else in the room who supports you, but like will also give you real feedback um, or can cheer you on when you're flagging, which can happen. Like writing a book is a very long process. Editing a book is a very long process. And the nice thing about having a partner is that when you've done around, someone else can tag in and bring like fresh eyes and fresh energy to it. So like, Anne is always getting like a, a arrested and ready to go editor. Yeah, so um, just back to Chrissy, um, as someone who's gone freelance, how does all of this work for you, like in terms of working together and having other things on the side? 
Like, what is the process? Um, it kind of hasn't changed too much. Just like the nature of like where Jen and I will have our editorial meetings. Like, they're more more likely to be in her backyard than like in the <laughs> in the tiny room at the ECW office that we used to call the crying room. Um, <laughs> we all our secrets. <laughs> like every office needs a place that you can just like go and have all your emotions that are not in public um so for me it hasn't changed too too much um like even working in-house like there you're always balancing projects and there's the projects that are sort of more near and dear to your heart like like Anne's book was for um Jen and I and then stuff where you're just like I gotta do these tasks and get through stuff so working as a freelancer um I still have to to, to, to juggle that kind of like flip back and forth between um, tasks that require less and more of me, um, both emotionally and, and sort of creatively. Okay, so um, I have a question for everyone now, but we could start with Anne um, giving an answer to this. So what are some of the challenges that can come up in working um, a working relationship like this? And especially when writing is something personal, like the essay that you've written and how do you work through them? Um, this is such a stupid answer. I'm so sorry in advance for what I'm going to say. Um, but in my case, it's I found for myself, um, if you write all the time by yourself, it's really easy to get a beautiful God complex where you don't think <laughs> you're in need of edits or opinions of other people outside of like the editors you may work with on a daily basis who aren't going like in on an essay. They're like, give me 500 to 700 words on this, write it well. But it's like, this isn't your life story here. Like you're writing about say like, you know, pop culture, whatever. In this case, it was like, I had to learn how to take criticism in a way that was um, absolutely essential to my working good but um, was not easy to take or like it wasn't just grammatical based or it wasn't like, can you just quickly expand on this? It was like truly doing almost what like, it almost felt like, and I believe this is what a good editor's job is, is to kind of look at it from a critical standpoint and go through it the way like a critic would like a paper or magazine or something and make sure that like there aren't holes in your storytelling or there's a point to what you're trying to say. Like it was really, really difficult to turn off that. Like I can write, I am good. And then actually get humbled. Like that humble. I think you have to be humbled by um, your editors. In my case, I needed to be humbled. And then they, they didn't, they weren't mean, whereas I think I would be really mean in certain regards and like certain pushbacks. I probably would have been like, you know what, Anne, fuck you. But <laughs> we're never like that. Like they're always very nice and like body taking tips a lot to keep me from um, having a tantrum. So that was helpful. That's but their editorial secret. It's <laughs> Don't doubt it ever. So for me, it was like learning to accept that like, I'm not perfect, which I think I still am in my soul, but I'm like, I guess I should be humble. <laughs> yeah. Like situ, you need to situationally be humble Yeah, because you need to like, think that you're amazing enough that yes, you should write a book and yes, you are that amazing and you should write that book. Um, but yeah, like opening yourself up to that kind of criticism or feedback or whatever. I just, I think it's like a really, really difficult thing to do. And it is like hugely vulnerable. And I think Jen and I both understand like 
how I don't mean this like in a but like how sensitive a moment that is for a writer who's like burying their soul and then we're going in there and being like "Mm, this isn't quite working for me like can you punch this up like we really do have to treat that carefully and with respect um and really and especially when it's like deeply personal stuff like we're sort of the bridge between it being something that Anne's just writing on her computer and then we're the first kind of going public with it and that's only going to get bigger right like we're bridging that personal to public um and making sure that she's protected that the work stands for itself that you know that this will be the best possible thing that it can be um which is in everybody's interest, obviously. How important would you say that skill, like giving strong, useful feedback to an author without like, you know, destroying all their confidence? Like, it seems like it's a heavy responsibility, I guess, trying to find that balance to be able to be good feedback. Like, how would you, is that a skill you had to cultivate? Like, how do you get to that place? Um, it's, it's definitely a skill that you have to cultivate, I think, especially because if, like Anne says, you're approaching things from the point of view of, like, the, the hardest critic, we're, we're supposed to kind of be, like, both the best cheerleader and the hardest critic. And so sometimes you can really get in that mode where you're like, oh, this is, I this want to change this and change this and tuck this and nip this and all of the rest. Um, and you can't just, like, rage in and lay that all out on the table even if that's in the mind space that you're in um definitely this is like one of the areas of the relationship where chrissy is better um there have have been letters that go to people that i like just put a little bracketed add nice nice here (laughs) and then chrissy fills it in (laughs) or i like try to do it and then chrissy's like this is not quite good and enough. I have to be nice about how Jen's nice isn't nice enough. <laughs> you see, it's a very complex. Dear Jen, this is a great start. <laughs> the worst. I hate the great, I love and hate it so much now. <laughs> but it, it is, it's totally, it's a total balancing act between like loving something. Like the only reason we're working with Anne on the book is because we love her, her voice, because we respond to the material. But then when you go into that like super critical mindset, um, you are you're looking for what's wrong you're looking for what can be improved you're not sort of just like writing your like top 10 list of what you love about it um so I always say to people like don't ask me what I think of a book while I'm doing the substantive edit because I'm 100% just seeing where it needs improvement yeah and as I'm writing it I this like I have found that like even my regular writing day to day now I've become very very aware that I'm just like the first draft is shit it's so bad and then like (laughs) and then it made editing in general quite easy because I think once you get your head as a writer around the fact that like everything can be improved you are open to getting improved and it's not it's not to your ego it's not like a detriment to your ego it's like do everybody wins like you know what I mean like the publication wins in this case the publishing house wins the editors win I win like everybody wins it's when you start getting really precious and there are things you should be precious about for sure but like not everything needs to be some battle like sometimes it's just like just put a fucking joke in Jesus (laughs) (laughs) that would be the kind of comment that I would write and then Christy would make it nicer Um, I like the good cop, bad cop approach to editing. It's kind of cool. <laughs> okay, so based on everything we've said, um, it's clear that um, picking or just working with someone that you like and respects you and you respect as well is like a good thing to have when picking someone to work with. But is there any other special ingredients, special sauce 
when it comes to picking the right people to work with. I guess I would just start off by saying like the, um, like we're actual friends, like the, the relationship that Jen and Ann and I have is a little bit unusual in that we do work together and are also actual friends texting about like random shit and DMing about succession. Like we are not a sort of a typical editor author relationship. So like, just to go back to what that would be like, I think, um, the initial thing is that kind of spark between for an editor, the spark with the material, like, do you respond to it? Is it something that you're super passionate about that you could see yourself spending like potentially two years deeply invested in working on, um, and having that kind of, um, resonance with the work. I think that that is where you start. You're really responding to the writing. You're really responding to the voice. Um, and then knowing if, you're the right fit for it because there's some writers that I adore that I just know that like, I'm not the person to edit them. Um, I don't have what it takes to work with that particular voice. So I think like seeing whether there's a fit both in terms of the writing and then in terms of personality, um, which is a little trickier to figure out and it does take some conversations and, you know, like initial often Jen and I will sort of like, when we're developing a project with someone ask them to do like a tiny little bit of editing work um and see how they handle that and whether they are open to any kind of collaboration and if they're not like it's a pretty good indication that the next two years would not be super fun um yeah how about you jen um chrissy covered most of the points i'd say that it really in ann's case it is us um not just liking her voice, but liking her because she's essentially like writing about herself um, and also the world. So we had to buy into the, that whole package. Um, sometimes it might be a bit different if you're working with somebody who's writing a book about, say, The Bachelor. It helps for both of you to both care about The Bachelor. Um, because again, like Chrissy said, you're, you're, you're thinking about it, you're talking about it, you're reading extra stuff about it. You might be watching the show for like up to two years, which is a big investment on everyone's part. Um, so that's a big thing. And then like, you know, communication is big. Are people like responsive? Um, what's kind of like the tone in the emails, um, with, you know, we both have many different authors. We've worked with many different people all across our careers and our correspondence with Anne looks different than it might with somebody else. There's like far more all caps, for example, um, and gifts of the crown, um, <laughs> So, you know, like figuring out what your points, what, what you have in common with that person can be a real place, like like in any relationship, for it to kind of jump off. So I have another, uh, you know, a fiction writer who like sends me photos of her beautiful swims because we both love swimming. And so you just find out, which, you know, Anne would sooner die, I think. Uh, yeah, don't ever, I just, I, I, water scares me in general. So like, it would be torture. It would be a mean thing to do. <laughs> right. Anyway, that, that would, I would just be trolling her if, if I sent her pictures of a swim. So it's like finding that common ground and using that to kind of build its own little relationship. Like you would with any relationship, friendship, like romantic relationship, whatever. Um, and when you can find those little like points of connection, I think it makes it all the more fun and special. Well, what about you, Anne? Like, what do you look for in this process? 
Um, it's important to be adored. I need a lot of skin. Um, it's also to be liked. I mean, like, it would be, I can't imagine writing a book like that when you deep down in your heart know your editors hate you. Like, would that not be a nightmare? Like, oh my God. So I feel like Michael Scott, where I'm like, I don't need to be liked. I have to be liked. <laughs> I need to be liked. So I, it's like, I don't have to be liked. I need desperately to be liked by the people I'm working with in this regard. Um, but I also think like, on it, like, I mean, yeah, it's, I think the ebb and flow of, of really day-to-day things like text messages and um, emails and like, we will communicate via gifts sometimes or just all caps or sometimes I'll just send them a cap, like an all caps message that's like, I want to die. And it's like, no context necessary. What's going on? Like, what's going on? Like, how's it going? Um, it's just a very like, I thought I didn't know where that siren was coming from, by the way. And I was just like, well, oh, it's, 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 it's me. I'm being carried out. No. I love it. Um, <laughs> this is all too much. <laughs> you're just badass and I love it so much. I think in this, yeah, in this way, it's like, it is, it is like a courtship almost to an extent, like, or a new friendship where what would be worse than like, meeting someone that you know the coolest and then like dropping a like the kind of joke you normally make and then they would be like what i don't oh i've never seen that and you're like oh okay do you like get sarcasm and they're like no and then like you kind of look for your literary soulmates at least i found i found two so i got very lucky and so now i will only ever work with literary souls (laughs) (laughs) picking up on that theme a little bit and it's come up a few times as sort of like dating or like courtship um what are some of like the red flags you'd be looking for coming at it from the other way from the writer's perspective or from the editor's perspective? From both. Like, what are the, some of the things where, you know, you're approaching a relationship, you're like, yeah, this is not the right person for me. I think, and you touched on it a little bit, but, like, what are some other things you think that would maybe make you a bit wary about including that person in your team? Um, I, It's like that stupid gut feeling feeling where I think all of us have made friendships or, you know, met crushes or whoever, and it's like as soon as you meet them you're just like oh amazing like we're gonna be friends till we die like it's just that feeling of like you're awesome like that first date feeling we had in the boardroom when we had our first meeting where it was just like I just I feel like I'm at a sleepover right now like this is so much fun and I like (laughs) want to work with you and I want to hear all about your life and I want to tell you all about my life and then like yay I trust you I'm so excited that we're gonna be best friends I made you a bracelet um so I think a red flag would be somebody who feels super cold and somebody who like guarded in a way that feels condescending or guarded in a way that feels like their their headset their headspace is like more in the more anchored in business or only in business versus like the personal relationships formed between a writer and an editor um or somebody that likes the idea of you but doesn't like you doesn't like your work actually Mm -hmm. would just like to be associated with you like those are the things that i like my even if i meet somebody at a party who seems that way i'm like i cannot wait to talk shit about that person later (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i did i think definitely like the bullshit meter is active when you first meet or whether it's a your media a writer meeting an editor or vice versa like is this person blowing smoke up your ass is this person what they appear to be i mean also like just basics doing due diligence like google them ask people mm-hmm. who know them about them um what is in their social media feeds like mm-hmm. we you know like you gotta check people out a little bit um we creep them yeah you gotta creep them <laughs> creep them 
I, I mean, that also helps when you're like going on that first date. Like we knew that Anne liked the crown. We knew what kind of snacks she may or may not like. We knew where not to take her. Like you creep a person <laughs> in in terms of laying the foundations of that trusting relationship. Um, that said, what, oh. oh, I was going to say, I just appreciate that as a writer. I'm like, oh, you, you took time. Thank you. Um, but I did once serve you a salad, Anne, really early on, and I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like next to a plate of carbs. It was like next to beige and food. It was. So... I did do my due diligence on the main, but the salad, it, it was just a real misstep. Sorry, that was me dropping the remote from my television set. Um, I found also that salad was delicious and I stand by the deliciousness of the salad. You do not need to apologize, but you were right to think that you should. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for the questions that we have. And I think you've given us a lot of great insights, interesting information, um, lots of things to take away regarding treating this relationship like a friendship like dating and just like making sure that the person that you're working with is someone that you gel with properly um so we really appreciate this conversation and um yeah i think you guys are about to become the gold standard in your author editor relationships but (laughs) thanks for listening Hustle & Thrive is brought to you by Working Culture and Creative Works Conference if you enjoyed this episode please share and comment we're on Twitter and Facebook as at Working Culture, or you can send us an email at info at workingculture.ca. To learn more, visit us at creativeworksconference.com. Join us again.